Comptroller Scott Stringer joins me in his campaign office in Lower Manhattan. Good to be here. Comptroller Stringer, I appreciate it. Um, let's start with the uh, budget uh, board of elections um, report that came out from your office. It said that there were a plethora of problems there, about 90% of the polling sites uh, of 200 and, or 156 um, that were examined had problems. Um, discuss the mismanagement that you found. Look, the voting is the cornerstone of our democracy, and we run elections very poorly. And our audit examined the conduct of running an election at 156 polling places around the city, and what we found was just outrageous. People turned away at the polls, uh, poll workers not realizing how they can get people to vote, ballots were voided. And this comes on the heels of the big voter purge by the Board of Elections last year during the presidential election, where we lost 117,000 voters. What this audit shows is the purge that happens every election. We monitored three different elections, and what we found was just a complete mess on the day of the election. Now, these poll workers are very hardworking New Yorkers. They're dedicated. They actually make sure that we have elections, but they're working 17-hour shifts. There's no opportunity to split the shifts. The pay is poor, and the training is horrendous. And this is management. This is a management problem. So you've, emphasized, you've put an emphasis on management, but is it the workers' incompetency, too? It seems like they haven't helped voters, and some of them are unfamiliar oh. with with the system. But that's trading, and the overwhelming number of poll workers are very dedicated, and I, and I really want to praise them for the work they do. But the job of management is to make the election system better, more training, uh, a different way of hiring people. I mean, we've been doing the same thing in our elections over and over and over again for, for many decades, and every year the problems persist. So why don't we fix the problem? That's why we did the audit. We highlighted the purge that is happening every election, but it's happening in poll sites around the city. I want it stopped now, and that's why we did this audit. How is it suppressing votes? Well, when people come in and they're not told uh, how they can fill out an affidavit ballot, they're not told uh, a number of things that would allow them to vote, machines that aren't working, poll sites that don't open in time, and if you happen to have a disability where you need a ramp, there's no guarantee that ramp is going to be there when the polls open. So this is management 101, enough making excuses. We must professionalize the Board of Elections so that every vote will count. Uh, this city is lagging behind in voter turnout. We're at 14% for the primary. I hope it's going to be higher for the November election. But clearly we need to rethink uh, the procedures for voting because, look, that's the cornerstone of our democracy. This is how we decide things. And yet we're not giving people a lot of options to do it well. I'm going to get to turnout in a second because that's a problem. But let me harp on this for a second. Which party, if any, does it benefit to suppress votes? Is it hurting your party? I don't think it's about hurting party, but it's hurting the people. It's hurting our democracy. We want more participation because with participation comes more scrutiny, more interest in city issues. When only a few people are turning out to vote, well, then they get to decide everything. And we're a representative democracy. We want millions of people to vote. In my party, there's three million Democrats registered in the city. I want everyone to turn out. And we haven't seen huge turnout in a long time. And I think part of that could be apathy. 
But we also put roadblocks in the way for people to vote. We don't have same-day voter registration. We don't have early voting. We don't have technology helping us as the world is changing. We're continuing to lag in place. And that usually helps the political establishment, the powerful people already in office. And I want to see uh, more opportunity for people. Now, your opponent in this race, Reverend Faulkner, has repeated the fact that um, your office has put out audits, but there are no solutions. What is your solution to solve this problem? Well, first of all, that's factually wrong. Uh, I've audited, I've, I've conducted 255 audits uh, in the last four years as controller. I've rooted out waste and fraud in many agencies. I've identified a billion dollars in savings, but we haven't just audited it for the sake of doing an audit. Uh, we estimate, calculate that agencies around the city have adopted a thousand of our recommendations. Some are not uh, press worthy. It's just the basic work of government. And I think the facts speak for themselves. I have been a very strong controller. I've taken on City Hall and agencies when they've been wrong. I've worked with the city when we're on the right side, whether it's pre-K, uh, affordable housing, and issues like that. Let's talk about turnout. You mentioned 14% in the September primary. It was 23% in the 2013 election. Is that a cause for extreme concern for our democracy? I'm very concerned about it. I want more participation. So we have to think about how we can make it easier for people to participate. You've got a lot of parents struggling uh, to get the kids to school, uh, make sure that you're home for dinner. Some people have two jobs they're holding down. Uh, people have a lot on their plate nowadays. But we want to make it easier for everyone to participate. That's why it's so outrageous that when someone with a dis disability goes to vote and the ramp they need is not available, or someone has to get the kids to school but they want to vote and the polling place hasn't yet opened after 6 a.m. Come on, this is not helping matters and the Board of Elections job is to run elections in the best way possible. We need to make sure that happens. And they're working all day as well, about 17 hours. In 17 hours. Why can't we split shifts? Why can't we look for new pools of people who would love to participate, serve as poll workers? You know, the poll workers I talk to, they view this as public service. It's not just extra income. They're giving back to our democracy. Uh, some people support candidates. Some people work for good government organizations. And other people say, I want to participate in running the election. And yet the management that's in place is simply inadequate. So there are 213 legislative seats across the state. About 15 are competitive in any given year. And Republicans don't have any seats in Manhattan, um, just a few across the city in the, in the five boroughs. Um, so one party holds basically a virtual monopoly uh, across the state in each district. Does that breed an environment for corruption? Well, I think, it, I think when you don't have competition, uh, it breeds inaction and it doesn't help our democracy. We need to stop gerrymandering and the gerrymandered process and create more competitive elections. You need to have a campaign finance system statewide the same as we have in New York City. Uh, voting reform, campaign finance reform. Let's make elections competitive. When you have competitive elections, you have good ideas. Look, uh, in, in the race for controller, you know, I believe in the campaign finance system. Um, I qualified for close to a million dollars in matching funds. I refused the matching funds because my opponent couldn't access the matching funds. And we need to have 
more fair elections. If I'm going to get reelected, it's because people know of my record. But I don't have to overwhelm my opponent financially in order to win this election. All right, let's move on to the MTA, which is a cause of a lot of concern for New Yorkers. We just got out of the so-called summer of hell, and there are still a lot of delays. In fact, the Independent Budget Office um, just reported that the average number of delays per month is up over 237%. And it costs New Yorkers, um, an average city residents, $864,000. Well, you have, the, you have the excellent IBO audit. You also have audits from my office uh, that where we surveyed uh, people who are late for work. Some people actually get fired. People are losing wages. Right. We've calculated that. the uh, This has got to stop. You know, I was the controller that audited the lack of the broken elevators and escalators in our subway system. Mm-hmm. So people with disability who are stranded in a train station, if there's no elevator, they are stuck in that station. This is not good for people. Uh, I believe that we should support the governor's $850 million emergency plan to fix the signals and the tracks. I think the city should contribute some money towards that with a guarantee that any city money goes directly to specific projects. The city is really based on the subway grid. That's how we built our city to five boroughs and more. We need more bus lanes, better transit access, because our economy depends on it. Right, and the economy is hurt a lot by these delays. Um, You see the figures in the IBO report but how do you... I see the I mean, figures in the controller's report. Uh, correct, in both. But how do, you, how do you... You could spend money and you could invest money into it, but how do you do so wisely? And, you know, even if you put a lot of money into it, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be efficient. Um, the mayor's proposed a millionaire's tax. I want to hear your thoughts on that. But, you know, people don't want to pay higher fares. They well, just we want a better system. You, you can't fare your way out of this. We have divested from... Uh, the subway, the transportation system for decades now, and it's hurting. And we realized back in the 70s when I was growing up, you know, my the A train in Washington Heights, that was my lifeline. That was our seat to the world. And there was trouble back then. There was a roll, you know, there was graffiti. The train was a rolling crime scene. And yet we knew if the city was going to bounce back from being on the edge of bankruptcy, we needed to have a strong mass transit system. That has never been more true today, and to lapse the system back to another era is fiscally irresponsible. When you don't pay to keep things running, things tend to fall in disrepair, and that's what we have to avoid. I think every idea um, should be on the table. I believe we should have a bond act, for example, have a transportation bond act, uh, get the billions of dollars we need around the state to invest in mass transit in that infrastructure. Let the voters decide. Let the people vote uh, knowing that they want us to fix the subway system. So in other words, put it on the ballot and put let, them, the ballot. let have, them decide. We, when we have bond acts, we've had a transportation bond act. Uh, before. We've had bondacks on the environment. This is a critical moment for New York State because if the transit system in New York City is not effective and efficient, that's going to hurt the suburbs. That's going to hurt the entire state economy. Two yes or no questions. You commit to not reducing fares, and what do you think of the millionaire's tax? Do you support the millionaire's tax? Look, I think it's a worthy discussion. I've said that. Um, I don't want to see us raise fares anymore. We've been, we've tried that. It hasn't been enough. It is, you know, why should the strap hangers struggling to make it in the city have to bear the burden for government's lack of divest- investment in the subway system? 
Okay, and the millionaire's tax? I think it's something that should be on the table. Okay. I mean, not every solution is a millionaire's tax, right? So yep. you can't just say it. You have to sort of figure out what exactly that means. But is a concept that congestion pricing, uh, passing a statewide bonds act, how about just giving more money from the state to fund the MTA, make the city contribute? These are all ideas that we should discuss, and we should discuss it in the light of day, in a transparent way, and talk to the voters, the strap hangers, the people who use the system, and get their input as well. All right, let me ask you a couple more questions. One on the federal government, um, hate to even ask for the federal government, because really the local issues, and I feel that local elections have a very a substantial impact, and maybe even more so um, than a presidential election, because you're talking about you know, really the, the elected officials that are working for you in your community. So in working with the federal government, the Trump administration has said that they um, would remove funding from sanctuary cities. Um, your thoughts on that? If the Trump administration removes federal funding, do you commit to cooperating? But we have, the mayor and I uh, and many others, are going to do everything we can legally to continue New York as a sanctuary city. We worry about our DACA kids. We worry about the division that this president has created here in New York and around the country. This is a very difficult time. And look, let's be clear. Uh, Donald Trump is bad for our great diversity, which is our economic strength, but he's also bad for New York. His uh, proposal to cut capital funding to the New York City Public Housing Authority by two-thirds would decimate hundreds of thousands of people. His tax cut for the, the Mar-a-Lago crowd, the rich people of the city at the expense of the middle class, is simply disgraceful. And we, as elected officials in New York City, yes, we are local by definition, but this presidency has made us focus on what's coming from Washington that will have a tremendous negative impact on New York City. All elections matter. The presidential election put us in a very, very uh, difficult situation. We know that. We're fighting to preserve health care, the rights of immigrants, and also to make sure that we continue to get the funding we need. You know, my, my opponent somehow thinks that Donald Trump is is good for New York. I disagree. Well, I don't think President Trump uh, should necessarily be an issue in the election, but just one more question on that before I ask my last question about this race that you're in with the election on Tuesday. With President Trump, and uh, really the Justice Department has said that they will remove federal funding if you do not cooperate with federal authorities as it comes to criminal illegal aliens. If someone commits a crime, obviously you're going to protect immigrants in the community. But if someone commits a crime and is here in the country illegally, do you believe that they should be turned over to ICE and go through the way the law states? So uh, I would just disagree with you. Okay. What's coming out of Washington impacts New York City. I've done the studies. I've done the analysis. I've shown the negative impact this administration will have on the economy due to his attempt to purge immigrants out of our city. Uh, we're going to do everything within the law to protect our city. And But criminals? Well, we're going to see case by case. You know, we have a judicial system that should play out here. And first of all, many people are innocent until proven guilty. So we are not going to allow the debate to simply be the Trump hate debate. We're going to do everything we can. Well, I'm saying under if they're the, proven guilty, 
that's you some, turn them well, over. Well, that that's well. Let, let's see what a judge says, and let's see what the offense is, and what all that means. To use a broad stroke may sound good, but it's totally irresponsible to approach the criminal justice system like this. Obviously, people who commit crimes and people who do bad things to others, I have no tolerance for people like that. But I also have to respect the Constitution of the United States, the judicial system, something that Donald Trump has sort of forgotten about. All right, my last question is about this election on Tuesday. Reflect on your term as comptroller. I know you were the Manhattan Borough President as well, so you've been in politics. Reflect on these past four years and then what you think you need to do better and why you should be reelected. Well, you know, growing up back when the city was on the edge of bankruptcy and there was just a feeling that things were out of control in the city, uh, there were pioneers. There were people in our neighborhoods growing up in Washington Heights uptown uh, that fought really hard to bring our city to where it is today, and it is the greatest city on earth. Uh, I want to make sure that the people who built our city are not going to get pushed out because they can't afford to live here that the housing is becoming so expensive that people who built the city when no one else wanted to live here uh, are now the people who are being pushed out. That is why I have worked on affordable housing issues. That's why I believe we've got to create a pathway to the middle class. These are the issues I've worked on as controller, and I am going to work even harder on these issues going forward. I want to see a first-class education system. We have to bring our kids into the high-tech economy looking at all the zip codes and all the neighborhoods in the city. You know, I'm raising two little boys with my wife. One of them is turning six. The other is four and a half. And I want them to enjoy this amazing, uh, diverse city that has all the potential for greatness. And I have a real opportunity as controller to make a difference for my kids, for the kids that I'm never going to meet. And that is why I'm so excited and would be honored if uh, I would be elected, re-elected controller for a second term. Comptroller Stringer, thank you for taking time. Thank today. you. Best I luck to you. Thank, thank you. you.